Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast, sponsored by sales enablement platform provider, Mediafly. Our mission is to provide you with the independent insights, community advice, and tools to guide your sales, content, and value enablement journeys and fuel your professional evolution. My guest today is Jennifer Kling. She is the Vice President of Marketing for SAP Litmus. Prior to this role, Jennifer was the head of product marketing for SAP's sales cloud. She was also field marketing manager for user testing, product marketing manager for Calidus Cloud, and field marketing leader for Rico of the Americas. Evolvers, please welcome Jennifer Klang. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Tom. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about SAP Litmus for those who don't know what it is all about and your role. Sure. I think first I'll, I'll add to continue my long list of my background because I think it's relevant. Um, at the start of the century, I was in, actually in sales. Um, I was a sales rep and I went on to be a sales manager before going into marketing at Rico. And I um, had, you know, even in my marketing role, uh, both at Rico and at Calidus Cloud as a product marketer, had a large uh, responsibility for sales enablement. So I bring that up because it's relevant to the topic. And I often say back in my day, and I'm referring to the turn of the century uh, when I was in sales. Um, but so, so that's a little bit more about me. And then as far as Litmus, for those who um, are listening and aren't familiar, SAP Litmus is a learning management system uh, as well as off-the-shelf content. So it is how companies are able to roll out virtual training online um, to augment in-person training uh, and also are able to take advantage of off-the-shelf courses that um, you know are applicable across industries uh, for whether it's compliance or upskilling and rescaling um, and, and saves enablement folks the time of having to develop uh, courses. I love it, Jennifer. With the pandemic, obviously we now have most sellers that are working remotely. Um, I've been invited to speak at a couple of in-person annual sales events that turned out not to be in person <laughs> very quickly. They remaneuvered those. You know, boot camps um, aren't happening in person. There's a couple of them that I've seen get started, but you know, a lot of things have been just canceled and postponed. And so remote, um, I know folks want to get back to in-person, but remote is still the way that most um, trainings, most uh, annual sales events are occurring. And I know we're looking forward to the day to get back in person, but, and I, I mean, it's got to have had a huge impact on sales onboarding, sales training, sales motivation. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think if you think about going back to, you know, the beginning of time, the in-person sales kickoff, the in-person, you know, two weeks when I went into sales, I had a two-week boot camp, um, and it was everything from learning the product to uh, doing sales pitches to memorizing and performing the elevator pitch and all of that, and all of that was in person. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, at the start of 2020, everyone had to put those plans, the kickoffs on hold, um, the onboarding on hold, and it was a lot of, you know, well, let's, let's wait this out. You know, if you remember, we thought it was going to be a few weeks <laughs> and then a couple months. And so, you know, I think we saw a huge combination of, of efforts. You saw some companies where they just simply took their 
in-person plans and said, well, let's just do it online over Zoom or Teams or WebEx or whatever, fill in your blank of your favorite video conference uh, solution. And um, without a whole lot of adaptation to the to the content and that probably you know didn't work so well for some of those companies right if we think about learners people in general we only retain maybe 10 maybe 20 percent of what we hear the first time it's taught to us and so now you take it virtually and you have people who are for the first time taking these quote-unquote courses uh, virtually while they have their kids screaming in the background, they have their coworkers who are also doing these virtual meetings. And, you know, maybe they're actually really just doing emails while this big kickoff event is happening on, you know, the other screen in their ears. So the retention was probably even less. Um, but it was, you know, they, people had no choice at the start of the pandemic. But I, I think we had, you know, a lot of companies who looked at it and realized they couldn't just do that. And, you know, I know we saw some of our customers who were already using, you know, an LMS for the online component for learning, but maybe we're using it more uh, to reinforce in-person training, that sort of thing. And so they leveraged that, right? You could still have have your 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 kickoff, your onboarding in um, over Zoom or whatever, but tying in the LMS to force people, if you will, to stay engaged, right? You have the uh, assessments that are tied to it. You have uh, different ways of, of engaging people to make to ensure that they, they have to tune out all of the distractions behind them. So, but yeah, huge, huge impact, especially for, you know, if you think about the start of the year, all those in-person events that were, were planned for kicking off the year and the boot camps, huge, huge impact. <laughs> So Jennifer, if you were to advise a sales enablement leader, like here's what you need to do with your learnings, your teachings, your trainings, your kickoffs. I know you mentioned assessments as one method, but what are the techniques that you think folks should be implementing to kind of get, get that knowledge transfer to actually occur and stick? Yeah, I think if you think about the things that you do in person to try and keep people engaged, right? You break off into small groups. You you have the, the flip chart up on the wall and you're breaking people up and brainstorming and workshopping and role-playing. Um, taking those same practices and still doing that virtually, right? Don't take, don't take your content and then just turn it into a presentation and hope that they get it. Um, so still having that as be part of your your curriculum that you're delivering virtually, uh, but also then, like I mentioned, tying in assessments uh, and doing that within the uh, the training that's happening uh, live. You can still be launching your live coursework through your LMS while integrated with the Zoom capability that everybody has grown to, um, you know, or even Teams that everyone has grown to uh, accompany to using. So take those same principles of keeping people engaged in person and, and make it virtual, make it work virtually. And um, you have to remember that people's attention spans are short, right? We know that in person, you don't wanna be blabbing on for 45 minutes without having people change position. You need to still have that same methodology uh, when it's virtual. And it's almost more important that it's even shorter to keep it in small bites to keep people engaged. Yeah, snackable kind of training content is definitely Absolutely. a term that, that has come to play. Um, 
I know that I've had to retool some of my classes and coursework so that it works online. Um, you know, we're fighting the short attention span. You know, Goldfish has a nine second attention span. Uh, sellers, uh, dare I say, it's eight, seven, six, five. You know, there's there's a lot that they're doing every day. So it's yep. no wonder why they have ADHD. Um, <laughs> so how do you keep them engaged? Definitely the snackable content, breaking it up into small chunks. I also find that you can't go more than, let's say, talking to one or two slides before you're getting them engaged in some kind of interactivity. Are you seeing that same thing in technique working? Yeah, absolutely. It's the, you know, snackable, pulling them in, whether it's, uh, you know, the old school of what you would do when you're in person, you're seeing someone not engaged and calling them out and forcing them to become part of the conversation, doing that, that virtually, um, and pulling people in to become part of the curriculum, right? How, I, mean, I, I used to always love having salespeople be part of the teaching because mm -hmm. salespeople love learning from other salespeople. Um, and, and so I, I think all of that is, is just super important. We see a lot of that, um, especially when you start to integrate the, the LMS components um, and video capability that, that we have as well. Uh, it becomes so much easier, I think, for uh, people who are responsible for the training and the enablement to be able to, to do beyond just what you have within the video conferencing. Love that. Now, onboarding, when you're mm -hmm. a new seller, you spoke about your two-week boot camp. Gosh, back in the day, um, I've had sellers that worked for me where I know one of them, Betty, she, she did a year-long training program with IBM. You know, you used to have Xerox training that used to be, you know, months and months, if not a year there as well. Uh, then we went to the couple of weeks, like what you experienced, and now we're at, you know, hey, you're on board. Here's your first sales call. <laughs> you know, go for it. Um, I don't, it's not that extreme, but it kind of seems that way when you're comparing it to the year-long training where you couldn't sell by yourself until you had gone through that at IBM. Um, talk about onboarding, why it's so critical to, to get it right in this remote team environment and, and how difficult it really is to get it right in this remote environment that we're in and, and how LMS can help. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think always, we've always been saying that onboarding is so important um, that the uh, no one has, I wouldn't say no one, right? most companies say they feel as though their onboarding program, they haven't, they haven't nailed it. Um, I think I, I, I we did a, a session um, with another group not long before the pandemic hit. I think the number was about 60% of companies had said they felt as though their onboarding training was was lacking and not quite up to snuff. And so, so now you take this huge change uh, in, in the environment and can't help but wonder, you know, what that percentage is now, right? How many companies feel their onboarding is learning now, uh, lacking now that it's all, uh, all virtual. Um, but it, all the more important uh, to be able to, to pull in um, a cohesive, uh, you know, plan of locking in your curriculum, whatever, whether your coursework is about the product or about process or just the company in general, as, along with the compliance, the upscaling and rescaling, all of that. Um, you know, we've been talking for years about, you know, making your uh, learning similar to what the interaction that people are expecting from using Instagram, from using TikTok, from using any other social media app. Mm -hmm. And mobile, you know, mobile is a huge component of that. 
And for years, everyone's been saying, we need to do our training mobile. We need to be able to make sure that it works on a mobile device or a sales rep can be doing it when they're in between meetings, when they're on the road, when they're on the train, when they're, you know, wherever the case may be. On their Peloton or on the, yeah. Right. On the walk you know? with the dog in the morning. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But most companies still are not doing it. Uh, so I, I think that has to be, you know, we need to, we need to truly do it, right? We need to have, um, have our, our training available for, for sellers um, on mobile, because that's, that's where they are. That's, we all have it growing out of our hand, right? <laughs> so we need to, we need, that's where it needs to be. Um, and I think when you think also about the sellers that we see entering the market today, um, you know, and they're younger, right? And that gener you know, the younger generation, um, the younger millennials, Generation Z, they are expecting that mobility, and they're expecting video. They're expecting videos, right? Not I'm going to read a slide and then answer some questions. Yeah. Um, and they're expecting um, short, snackable um, uh, content. So that's so important. I think you know, like you mentioned. There are so many stats and it varies by industry, but, you know, we still see like the ramp up time for a sales rep can be, you know, months and months uh, before they're selling, depending on, um, depending on what the solution is and that anything that you can do to make it more easily digestible for the sellers is so important. Um, you know, and I think from a, you know, the other piece of it too, that we have to, that we struggle with, I think for a lot of companies is now that people are remote, there's, there's another component that has to be added into the training. And that's how do you work remotely? Mm -hmm. What are best practices for having a video conference meeting with your customer? Um, what, you know, how do you manage your time when you don't have the structure of going into an office and meeting with your manager and having your stand up in person and then you know making your calls and then going out in the afternoon for meetings? You know, every industry is different, but you know, how do you manage your time? And, you know, if you think about typical sales enablement uh, roles, that's content they don't have built already. <laughs> that's, you know, so, and they're in to some degree, maybe even struggling with that themselves, right? We all struggled with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where, you know, I, I'm proud that Litmus has always offered courses along that, um, that line. And so, you know, for, uh, people who are rolling out training and sales enablement be able to take off the shelf content like that and roll it out to help teach people how to work remotely. Uh, and we're constantly learning and um, constantly developing that. So I think that's that's another piece that's really important too. I, I love that, Jennifer. You know, I think the first you know week, ten days, thirty days, ninety days. You know, these milestones when you think about um, relationships that you've established, how those early days are so critical to the entire rest of the history of the relationship. We need to think about the company's relationship with the seller very much that same way. If you get those first 90 days right, that seller's on a great trajectory. There's mutual mm -hmm. trust. There's everything that's built that you want in a personal relationship. And you have to think about these as personal relationships, as well as professional. I love as well that and this is probably my favorite part of SAP Litmus is that you've got a catalog of pre-built content. I can't tell you how many sales enablement groups that we've worked with in the past where they would get an LMS and then realize, oh my goodness, we really have to build all of this from scratch. 
And they spend so much time building kind of the basic things up that then all of these other maybe softer skills, training and lessons and compliance, and they never get to that. They're lucky they get to even a base set of content just on product training or engagement training. Talk about why having a catalog and in your LMS choice, you should really look for that. Um, mm -hmm. because you probably won't get to everything you need to. And so relying on some off the shelf is important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you think about it, there's a core competency that the people who are responsible for training in, organization, in an organization have. They're mm -hmm. experts in whatever you're selling and mm -hmm. whatever the process is for selling it at your organization. And that's where a sales enablement professional effort should be spent is developing that content. So yeah, you know, when you have basic principles of, of selling um, it, that can be applied across any industry, just take that off the shelf. When you mm -hmm. have um, basic time management courses, when you have leadership courses, when you have, um, you know, objection handling courses, all That's of that. that we just leveraged recently is the objection handling. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, you know, take take that off the shelf. These are mm -hmm. our basic principles. And, you know, there's, it, it's, you know, sales and enablement folks, they're also dealing with the same thing that sales reps are dealing with, which is, you know, trying to deal with working from home now and kids all over the place and time management, right? So, you know, focus on the things that uh, is, is your core competency and leverage the library, the ever-growing library. We're adding courses every month. Um, to be able to help with the the general upskilling and and and, even, and compliance even yeah, I I love that because you won't be able to get to that you know with any kind of normal staffing you're lucky you're going to get all the product and solution training that you really need to pull together so exactly and there's yeah. there's so much I mean I think um, I, salespeople have. Um, you know, get a bad rap sometimes. I think we talked mentioned earlier about the attention spans. They get a little bit of a bad rap. There's so much they need to learn. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, I hope and I got that across when I said that. Yeah, I know. ADHD yeah. because we've given them ADHD. You know, we're yeah. asking them to do so many different things, whether it be data entry and hygiene of Salesforce to uh or you know uh, SAP sales cloud, whether it's um, you know, all of the learning and training that they have to go through and certifications, and then all of the customers, and they're getting ever more customer responsibility and territory yeah. responsibility. Yeah, it's a ton. And all the products and campaigns and updates that we throw at them too. Yeah. And it's, you know, and so then, yeah, all of this training is coming at them and it's not even just from the, the sales enablement team, right? It's like, oh, finance is saying this, this training needs to go out. HR is saying this training needs to go out. There's just so much. Mm -hmm. So they, they get a bad rap. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. So, so we've got them, you know, using the LMS system, they're taking, you know, the custom solution courses, they're supplementing that with objection handling and time management and video presence and other stuff that they can get out of the library. Um, the sellers, you know, we've worked on our onboarding program, and now they're onboarding better. Um, what about the kind of continuous learning, the coaching Talk about the importance of that to make sure we've got effective salespeople on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I think, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, but it might seem like I'm going around way to it. But I want to talk a little bit about the role of a sales manager in all of this. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, because I think they 
um, are people too. <laughs> and they, they also have um, a lot of needs as far as like their own um, you know, training and upskilling that's required as well. And it's so important because they're the ones who are responsible at the end of the day for helping the sales rep cope with all this. But I think sometimes in some organizations they get forgotten. Um, I've actually said, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it clean, but I've actually said in the past that, um, you know, managers are sometimes the meat of a poop sandwich. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a tough job. They get it from, um, they get it pushed down from leadership. They get it pushed up from their, from their teams. And so I think that the support, um, for them and from them is so important because they are responsible for that coaching to make sure that the reps are engaged. And I think that good sales reps and good sales managers know that they're, uh, responsibility for learning and continuing to develop their skills is is never finished, um, and they're uh, they're always wanting to to continue to do that. So I think that, um, like I said, I was going to go a long way around, and I've almost forgotten the question. But I think that the the importance of upskilling. I think a good sales rep knows that it's important to fine tune their craft. And it is right. Selling is, is an art form. There's a lot of science behind it, but it is an art form. And I think a good salesperson knows that they need to continuously fine tune, um, and, um, and, and hone that, hone that craft. And the, the coaching that the managers provide is critical to that. And when we're remote, it's harder to do, right? We've lost the bullpen effect. We've lost where the manager can just go to this couple of sales reps and just, you know, do a spot pitch check or, you know, what, whatever the case may be. And the sales reps have lost that being able to say, Hey, you know, I've got this rep who's asking me this and, or the customer is asking me this, what do you think? And they've lost that. And so it's important, I think, for the managers to learn how to take that coaching virtual, um, you know, making sure they're staying even more engaged with their sales reps without micromanaging, uh, without appearing that they're not trusting that the reps are working, but mm -hmm. staying engaged, having those regular one-on-ones, using a tool even like um, the LMS where you can do some coaching virtually, right? Where the sales rep can get an assignment to uh, deliver a presentation, deliver a demo, whatever the case may be, and have it recorded and get feedback from the, the manager and have that be part of their ongoing development and uh, retooling. So I think I answered your question in there somewhere. You did, and you <laughs> did uh, answer it better than the question itself. Uh, sales manager training, I think, is something that's really overlooked. We chuck good performing sales people, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's a you know, territory, and you've got these three reps working for you, and then we expect them to thrive. So having some of the pre-built training courses that you offer within SAP Litmus is fantastic. And we've put some of our managers through that and it's helped a lot. Uh, and then I think the ability to leverage the LMS for simulations and recording, you know, before you go out, um, you know, I used to work in naval training systems and uh, T-45 Gossocks train in F-14 and, you know, you wouldn't dream of sending them up in the real, uh, you know, fighter jet until they've gone through the simulators and the training aircraft and everything else involved. And so yet we chuck them out there and expect them to do live demos and live presentations and engagements with customers. Mm -hmm. So simulations is good and fine tuning simulations. 
you know, there were pilots that would be expert and they've, they've had n number of um, fantastic landings in bad weather and, and great um, combat air, com air patrols that they were doing, but you still got them in the classroom several times a year to run on simulations that they couldn't possibly execute in a live aircraft with a live carrier and crew. So right. um, that's, I think, a really important element that a lot of organizations miss when it comes to uh, the coaching aspect is definitely simulate, simulate, simulate over and over again and do those recordings so you can fine tune in a simulated environment. As well as, you know, I think part of the beauty of remote is that we now have customer intelligence and I can sit in on many more sales calls and get much more insights into what's going on or not going on. But then the ability to leverage the LMS to say, here's what I'm hearing as issues. You know, the objections weren't handled or the competitive insights weren't precise. Pricing wasn't done right. You can send them those links to those modules Mm -hmm. um, to remediate some of the issues or challenges that you're hearing. And again, kind of having that as a closed loop with the LMS, I think can really help the coaching. Absolutely. And, you know, I think about, um, you know, from back in my day, um, when, you know, I would go out with a, a sales rep on calls and, you know, we would do the usual thing where we'd get back into the car and it would be, well, how do you think that went? What could you have done different? What, how, what would you've done better? And, you know, it's, so oftentimes that conversation happens in the car and then you go on to the next meeting and you've forgotten all the feedback, right? Mm -hmm. um, and having that closed loop, like you mentioned within the LMS, it's almost better now when you're able to do things virtually because you can do it in the moment and assign, like you said, the courses to, to fine tune the, the skills and there's the recording of it, the reps able to go back and, and see the, the feedback. So yeah, absolutely. And, and all of that's so important too, because again, sales reps want to get better. They want to do their job well. And, you know, that's a huge part of what helps them feel satisfied at their job. So it's going to help performance and it's going to help retention. And everybody wants that. Yeah. And especially if you're not retaining your sellers, it's hard to hire, you know, right. there's 40 day opens is a minimum. Uh, so retention is really vital. So think about your training and learning systems as a retention tool as well to make sure you're maintaining that growth mindset with your sellers and fueling that growth mindset. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, as you said, kind of the, one of the most important skills is having that growth mindset in sellers. That's the number one thing I look for um, in my, in my reps. Um, yeah. As we look forward to next year, you know, hopefully we are going to get back to more in-person sales kickoffs. I know a lot of people have them scheduled for January, February, March. Hopefully those will happen. They look good. Uh, boot camps, we're going to get back to those too. So what do you think are some of the new priorities for 2022 when it comes to training and learning? What are you seeing? Yeah, I think, I think it, there's a lot. Um, I think one of the things that I would say, is, so I think that there's, there's a few. Um, so I think the first thing I would say is let's not count on things going back to how they were like ever. Um, <laughs> you know, we've learned so much from the last couple of years. And I think what we have seen, you know, with the great res resignation, right? A lot of people have said, I can work remotely. I don't want to go back to the office. So the hybrid workforce is definitely 
here to stay. So we need to continue to adapt and combine the in-person and mobile and virtual training um, together. So I think that's one. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the, the sales leader role is so important. Um, mm -hmm. I think investing in that, but I also think investing in the, the growth opportunity for sales reps, right? I, I myself went from being a sales rep to a sales manager. And that was because the company I worked for invested in salespeople who wanted that growth opportunity and made sure that there was um, an investment in the, um, the courses at whether it's a, a training or mentoring within the organization, right? So make that investment in your salespeople that have the potential to be the great next great sales leaders for your organization. Um, I think the, you know, so that ties in with reskilling the sales, the sales teams. But I think the number one priority for 2022, and I, I mentioned earlier, earlier, is mobile learning. Mm -hmm. We have these devices growing out of our hands <laughs> and our sellers are, are the same. I, you know, I, I'd have to, at one point we had done, there was a, um, a, a survey of how many companies were actually including mobile as part of their part of their de, uh, deployment of, of training, and it was like in the twenties. I guess it was like twenty three percent of companies wow. were actually doing uh -huh. it, but it's it's very low, right? So we all know <laughs> uh, we all know it's important. So it's time to actually do it. So I would say that's a top priority, um, especially just from a, a tactical standpoint um, of um, you know how we're rolling out training for, for learners. Yeah, Jen, so to repeat that, uh, kind of the hybrid workforce means that you're going to have hybrid training and learning, right? So that's mm -hmm. critical. Makes it more difficult when you've got to deliver in person and then effectively also deliver remote, maybe at the same time, maybe people aren't comfortable with coming. And then you've got to think about the post-meeting, post, you know, just normal course of business training. So a lot more on sales enablement for that. The sales leader role and growth opportunities, really formalizing that and up-leveling that. I think that's going to be critical because if you've got good sales leaders, when you look at retention, retention is because you love who you work with and you love who you work for, right? Mm -hmm, and if mm -hmm. that isn't there and you got a bad sales leader, that team's not going to hang around very long. But if they know they've got an advocate, someone they don't mind being in the foxhole next to them or leading the charge, you know, it's going to be good. And then mobile learning, I couldn't agree more. I probably learned the most from my mobile device. I listen to podcasts every day to learn something new, whether it be neuroscience or performance or whatever it might be. Um, uh, you know, I'm always consuming from that device and there's a whole bunch. Of, I've got a lot of gray hair. The millennials are, are they learn everything from these devices. So if only 25% of us are taking advantage of that or 23 or 20, whatever it might be, that's way too low. So yeah, couldn't absolutely. agree more. I think those are three just absolutely fantastic priorities for our Revolvers community to kind of measure their own priorities against and see how, how they match up. But I think that's a good list. Definitely one that I'm going to share with our sales enablement team. Jennifer, what's the, I know we've talked about a lot of different things, but what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave our Evolvers community with today? Yeah, I think, you know, if I think about everything we've just been talking about, obviously the last two years have been tough for everyone, um, for salespeople, sales enablement, managers, just everyone. Um, and I think that 
we need to remember that um, and find that right work-life balance for people, but also make self-care, mental health awareness, stress management, all part of the training plan, right? Let's not leave it to just HR. Let's all help each other um, and make sure that there's a focus on that. And we're all looking at ways to help each other be able to, to cope and manage on uh, a day-to-day -day basis, day -day basis. And there's a lot of content out there for that. There's, Witness has a lot of courses on that as well. Uh, but I think it's something that uh, is aside from the sales enablement piece, I think that's something that's really important for everyone. I love it. Don't forget the wellness and self-care and care of your team members and make Absolutely. that a part of the learning and, and that care. So yeah. absolutely fantastic, Jennifer. How can folks reach you and yeah. find you online? Yep. I am on LinkedIn, uh, Jennifer D. Kling. I'm also on Twitter, Jen Kling 1027. Um, and uh, it's Kling with a K. So for Star Trek fans out there, think of Klingon. Um, <laughs> K-L-I-T. <laughs> Not King Kling. We got that in Kling. Yeah. Yes. Jennifer Kling, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for participating to make the Evolvers a great and growing community. And your advice on learning systems and training, absolutely stellar. I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Until next time, Evolvers, keep evolving.